everyone has the same security. So if you find a way to bypass, let's say, Microsoft 365 built-in security, not millions, hundreds of millions of mailboxes are just open to you, you know, to your attack. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at terraleap.io. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by my guest, Gil Friedrich, who's based in New York. He's the co-founder and CEO at Avanon. Welcome, Gil. Good to have you on. Excellent. Great to be here. Now, your uh, company, Avanon, is a cybersecurity SaaS company, started in 2014, about 120-person company, and it's all around an enterprise solution for cloud email and collaboration security, or on, on your website, it says, with a click of a button, protect your enterprise Office 365, Box, Google, or other SaaS application against anti-phishing and, and, and malware and data leakage, because that is... We're hearing a lot in the news all about that. So help me understand, Gil, how, how, what was the reason that you started Avanon? Like when you, when you first set out, what was the problem that you saw? Um, great question. So um, we all started, uh, we all met um, at a different cybersecurity company and, uh, you know, things were great. Uh, you know, our previous baby, uh, which maybe relate to it, was, uh, um, was doing well protecting um, enterprise networks. Um, and uh, as we were talking to customers, we heard more and more this, and, and this was around 2011 to 2014, let's say, more and more this notion of, I love this technology, but you know, I'm moving to the cloud. Help me understand how I adapt that technology to where my data and my users are going to. Um, and so, and we also looked at how the, let's call them the traditional vendors from the day, the on-prem days, the pre-cloud days were trying to solve the problem. And they all thought about it as, let's take our technology and try to adapt it to, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't from the ground up. It wasn't a cloud first approach. And the architectures, architectures they chose just did not make sense. And something about the cloud said, hey, if you started over, you could actually get something that, yes, is a click of a button, you know, just to prove an app. We call it the iPhone app experience. To start your security is very much like installing an app on your iPhone. Um, and also from a security perspective, there's a ton of advantages because everything they did was like the proxy the traffic, send it somewhere else, then send it back, etc. And there's an opportunity to protect uh, SaaS application from the inside. So to install an app within the SaaS through API, you know, easier to install, better security. So this is all the, the thought or the opportunity we had. You, so you, you were in the space, previous venture, and if, if I see that, that correctly, um, uh, Scout Technologies, and you, you, you saw the challenge with everyone moving to the cloud that the way it's been being solved just didn't make sense. You're like, no, let's start it from the ground up, which is where you start with Avanon. Exactly. That right. Exactly. How how do you see the cybersecurity world in the 21st century? What what is the ecosystem look like, and what are the inherent challenges that come with a cloud environment compared to previously? Um, so I, I mean, it all starts with uh, with the fact that you know everyone's connected, obviously. So if in uh, I don't know, even in the Wild West years, you had two criminals in your little town and you needed to take care of two criminals. Now you need to take care of a million criminals across every country on the planet. Um, 
and, and you know everything about scale uh, that made technology so pervasive is also available for those hackers. Um, there's a statistic someone sent to me that says every customer of Office 365 has been attacked. So imagine this, every tenant, every organization has been attacked. It doesn't skip anyone. Um, and it's because of this. It's because everyone's connected to everyone. You know, hackers can see you, etc. cetera. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, this is the challenge. What made, uh, what in some ways made cloud easy is also what made it worse. Um, hmm. In at least two ways that, that come to mind. First, everyone has the same security. So if you find a way to bypass, let's say, Microsoft 365 built-in security, not millions, hundreds of millions of mailboxes are just open to you, you know, to your attack. Uh, whereas before, everyone had slightly different, different exchange, different AV, different firewall, etc. So it wasn't as monolithic as it is today. Um, and it's also why hackers see that as such a holy grail because the opportunity for them is much, much bigger. They don't go one at a time. So you're, you're basically saying because there's only so many major players, Office 365 or, or Google or whatever, because it's there, someone could, a hacker does crack it. Now they have access to everyone who happens to be on that platform, which makes all those us who are on there vulnerable. Am I getting exactly. that right? Exactly. Just imagine... Uh, you know, a, a COVID virus that everyone can be infected, right? That, that's how it is. And, and then I think the other aspect, just because people log in to the cloud. So, you know, if in the past there were more gates to go through, now it's just most often user password and you can access from anywhere your email because it's in the cloud. Um, we've seen attacks that we haven't seen before. People are more than before trying to steal your credentials. Before there was a VPN, there was maybe other authentication methods under, um, you know, under the hood. Now it's user and password to Office 365 and they get your email. What's, what's the most common um, types of ways people are, are trying to hack in using? Is it, is it just like phishing scams? Like, hey, click on this link. Is that like the most common one that you're seeing? Like what's the, the trend? So it, 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 it Changes almost daily, but the big ones that repeat, I would say, uh, credential harvesting for sure. Mm. Uh, getting people to give away their user and password. Um, fake invoices all the time. You know, they already know from LinkedIn. And maybe that's the other thing. Everyone's on LinkedIn. Everyone knows who you are, who's your boss, what's your title, what's your job. So very easily they can see that you are processing invoices for this Fortune 500 and your boss is this guy and all they need is to send you a fake invoice that says, hey, this is your boss, please process this. Um, so, so I think fake invoices for sure. Um, and links that lead to malware, those multi-step attacks where you, know, you could get a link that points to a malicious site at the time of delivery, the site is clean. It's weaponized later so that it bypasses the security. But then when you click it, it's actually malicious. Or it could come in with a, an encrypted file where it says, hey, this is the password for my file. You open the file. That could be malware or that could be you know, a malicious link, et cetera. What, what's funny is just before this call, I got an email from someone saying, hey, here's the survey that you asked for. And here's the password to access their survey. And it's a person I haven't heard in from five years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. It's every day these are coming in. So the question I want to know is, uh, how are you guys solving it then? In, in, this, in this cloud environment, what's your tech stack? How does it work differently? Excellent question. So first, 
I mentioned to you that architecturally we are sitting in a different place. And what that means is this, when the traditional vendors looked at the problem, they, when it was exchanged on-prem, they said, send me the email, I'll clean it, I'll send it to the exchange. With the cloud, they are basically saying the same, send it to me and then I'll send it to Microsoft. One thing they need to do in order to do that, they need to whitelist themselves within Office 365 and Gmail. And we had a series of blogs that we called one plus one equals zero, where we demonstrated an attack that Microsoft would have blocked. One of those email gateways missed it, but because it was whitelisted with Microsoft, it actually made it to the inbox. So you had two layers, but you actually had zero. Uh, the way we deploy, we deploy after Microsoft. Microsoft or Google, they do their best, and then our algorithm runs. So it's actually another layer. It's this one plus one equals two, but when it when it, why it's really one plus one equals three is all of our AI, all of our machine learning is not trained on the general attacks in the world. We sometimes call them, you know, the background noise of the planet, the easy spam, the things, you know, people trying to sell you a, a fake um, Rolex or whatever. Microsoft takes care of, care of those. We train our AI on the things that Microsoft miss. And this is what our AI becomes really good at. So this is where the one plus one equals three comes from, that we are able to tune it specifically to what they miss. Um, and, and I think we're not the only ones using API um, or this, you know, this install an app inside Office 365 approach. What's unique to us versus those vendors is that um, we are the only one that are able to deploy our solution in line, meaning most of the other ones, the email actually makes it to the inbox and then they pull it out. We're the only one, and this is our patent, that only after we clear it, it goes to the inbox. So the path is sort of Microsoft do your best, Avanan filters the rest, and then only then the user can see so the email. end user doesn't actually see it until those first two layers have been uh, completed. Exactly. And I find that interesting. You, you uh, let Microsoft or Google do their best. I like your phrasing there. Because we, we, they are massive companies and they, they put a lot of time and energy into this. They're not perfect, but there is a lot. So it's, it's, it wouldn't make sense not to still use what they're their capability. It's just putting a layer on top of that that's more targeted, if, if I heard correctly. That's, that's a great word to use because um, I, I think the challenge of those big companies is, is maybe twofold. One, they are sort of the default. And for, I don't know if it's $20 a month or $30 a month, every hacker in the world can get their best security and you know work their days and nights to figure out how to bypass it. Um, and it's almost like asking, you know, have you ever heard of, an, of a virus that Microsoft Windows blocks? Of course you didn't because they never released it to the wild, right? So when the attack actually makes it to the wild is after, normally after they tested and confirmed that they can, you know, carry out the attack. And I think the other challenge they have is that, um, you know, as big companies, and again, it's, it's not bashing at them at all. I think there's no other way to do this in a large organization. Think about the time it takes between someone understanding there's an attack being missed, going to the right team, to the right developer to fix it, to deploy it. You know, that's time. And during that time, customers are exposed. Um, and this is also where we're different because um, we're faster, we're smaller, we're faster. It gets to the right person. Even if there is something bypassing us, normally within two hours, 
worst case within 24 hours, that gap is closed. And, and this is really part of our offering to the customer to give them the tool to respond quickly. Two to 24 hours after you notice that something is, you're able to get the fix in and, and to be able to stop preventing more of those. Um, exactly. And, and I mean, I'll give you, a, um, it might sound silly, but I'll give you a recent example. Within every email, there are two fields that are sort of redundant. And there's a sender and there's a from. And the sender field is where the machines make sure that the email is authentic. The from is what you actually see when you get the email in Outlook. What, and if they're not the same, what Microsoft does or you know, your Apple client on your device, it would say X on behalf of Y if they're not the same. What hackers found was that um, if, it, if they send a mail-formed sender, they still are able to bypass the authenticity test of the machine. And what's presented to the end user is just a from. So the from could be your boss, your CEO. The sender could be something completely different that tricks the machine. And you got an email that looks completely authentic um, you know, you would actually know. fake. Exactly. You would so, know. You're able to detect that though. So yeah, so this is a good example because when we saw this attack, it was actually reported to us by a user and we said there was a scenario where we missed it and we say, oh, we need to fix it. So, you know, two hours later we had a fix, but 24 hours later, and this is the advantage we have sitting after Microsoft. So the first fix was just, you know, make sure you're not vulnerable, you analyze it properly. The second fix was, if we see this method, that's an indication of attack. That's the hackers incriminating themselves. And from now on, we need nothing else. If we see that, you know, indication of attack, we, we block the email. It's definitely malicious. Um, and again, going back to the Microsoft example, I'm not sure how long it will take before they understand it's happening. They understand what's happening. It will get to the right developer. It will be pushed to production. Mm. So it's part of it uh, in this age of cybersecurity that we are in and, 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 and cloud cybersecurity is speed because obviously hackers are never going to stop. They're never going to stop innovating in their own way. And so that means that as a cybersecurity company, you have to be just as fast. Am I, am I getting the, the play, the field right? Yeah. And, and that cat and mouse is never ending. And I think this is what makes cybersecurity focused companies different maybe than non-security companies like Microsoft and Google, right? That mentality of cat and mouse and, and, uh, and using similar tactics, tactics of the hackers, you know, having them incriminate themselves by the things they do, um, you know, is less traditional, I would say, with larger companies. For example, our security analysts, they would sometimes, within a sandbox, fall victim on purpose to an attack to see what happens next so that they can use those steps in order to understand later that, hey, there might be an attack here. Um, you know, if we've seen hackers, for example, create forwarding rules where they use your inbox as their inbox to spread the attack. They already hacked you, now they're trying to spread. So they'll put a rule there that says, if the email has these characteristics, move it to the deleted items. So you as a user, you won't know they're there while they're sending emails on your behalf, everything goes to their deleted. They use your deleted folder as their inbox and you never know. Now that's self-incrimination for you, right? So now we're testing 
do is, yeah exactly is that rule existing if that rule exists we know it's very very suspicious and are you able to then if someone does get hacked fix it uh, un- undo things absolutely the, the f- part of the layer that you haven't mentioned is you know sometimes referred to as UEBA user and entity behavior analytics and we look at uh, the configurations suspicious configurations uh, just end user behavior to be able to flag specific accounts and say hey this account you know more likely or just make sure etc geo activity where do you log in from etc all of this goes into a scoring that says uh, you know, very likely, just suspicious, etc. When we started to release this, um, we started to flag things that could be legitimate. Like, you know, I gave you the example of a forwarding rule. Some users have a rule that says, take all my corporate emails and forward that to my personal Gmail, just on a regular basis, whatever. It's not necessarily malicious, but from an organization now perspective, that's an unsecure configuration. So our users, you know, we asked them, they said, you know what, flag those as well as, as low priority. It's better that they know it's happening versus, uh, you know, not showing yeah, it. So no, no awareness there. Yeah. For your uh, target users of the companies that you're working with, is it is enterprise, SMBs? What, what's the, the space that you guys are looking to serve? So... Um, it, it's fu- not, I would say, funny to ask because, uh, because often investors ask me the same question, assuming that, you know, you can't be everything for everyone. We crossed 4,000 customers this week, uh, and we crossed 3,000 at the end of January. So our, we're accelerating very quickly. And we started 2020 with 1,000, just to give you an idea of, of the rate. So we're adding about 25 customers a day. Um, it's uh, all sizes. A lot of them are small. We also have, uh, you know, a good number of Fortune 500 or their likes. Um, there are things where they're different. And, and I would say this for the, I sort of mentioned two things, right? I said one of them is installing a click. The other one is, um, have the best security. So as you go up market, that notion of best security plays a more important role than the ease of installation. As you go down market, ease of installation plays a bigger role, but both are important to both segments, mm-hmm. right? So you'd be surprised, you know, a Fortune 500 with a large team that you can think generally could, you know, accommodate a complex deployment. They're when they go home, they also use their whatever Netflix app or iPhone. And that's the kind of ease of use they learned to expect as consumers. And so they really appreciate that piece as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so, you know, we serve all segments. We love all customers. And, and because we're SaaS based, we don't really care what, what size you are. We serve everyone. As a, as a product, product-led company, obviously, someone can just get on there and be able to start using it, it looks like. And I like your point about um, we are all consumers in the end. So even in the B2B space, we know, okay, it might take a little more because it's a business. It shouldn't. Ideally, we expect the same type of ease of use uh, as a, uh, every consumer. Exactly. And, and we're almost, you know, we're trying to be not religious about anything and hear the customer first. When it comes to ease of installation, we're almost religious. So, you know, numerous times I could be in a conversation with uh, a developer that would say, 
you know, what's the big deal? Have them go to Office 365, make a configuration change. And I say, no, they click a button. That's it. Nothing else. So that's our religion. I love it. I love it. Now, as, as we've already stated, cybersecurity is not going to go away. The need for it, the, the focus on it. If you were to provide a, a word of advice to a, a business leader who's needing to just be aware of, of where we're headed and, and in current environment, what kind of, of word of wisdom would, would you want to share? Um, so just to make sure you're referring to uh, someone starting a startup in general or like in this space, running, I'm yeah. more like Cyprus when it, it, it's a business that is needing to be aware of cybersecurity issues. So it's like Got your it. knowledge from Avanon, what would you be telling them in from your expertise and what you're seeing in the cybersecurity world? So I would say first, take it very, very seriously from day one that you start your business, right? It's almost like, uh, you know, this is one of the things I learned uh, on a different aspect of it. CFO wasn't my first hire. We hired our CFO probably where we had, you know, 20, 30 people. And when we hired him, you know, I scratched my head. This is the first hire you should have. Like, you know, you get money from investors, um, you know, make sure you, you have a plan and you have a budget and all that. And, um, and, and almost like that, I think about cybersecurity. Most people that start a business, everyone will get attacked, even if you're a 20 people organization. And in some ways, you're even more vulnerable because, you know, the Fortune 500s, they already have processes of what to do with invoices and, how, you know, phishing training for every employee, etc. You will not have that and you will not have time to focus on it. So think about it initially. And I would even say, you know, find a partner you trust, a service provider, a, you know, managed security service provider, because you want to build your business. You don't want to worry about this. Have them, you know, deploy best practices. It will never solve the problem, but it will give you some peace of mind to, you know, not to worry about it. Just for, for clarity's sake, um, there's a lot of area when it comes to cybersecurity. What you're focused on is, is email, one of the specific ones, as well as um, the, the cloud storage, correct? Is that, That's the two spaces that you're focused on? I, I mean, we, we call it uh, email and collaboration. Basically, collaboration. the notion is every line of communication. However, your organization communicates internally and with the outside world, this is the data we're sitting on, making sure, you know, nothing bad comes in, nothing sensitive goes out. What can you share as far as the roadmap of where you're headed and maybe upcoming features that you're excited about and can share? When we think about roadmap, first, we, we want to say having the best security is key, right? So there's always innovation around, you know, how to test links and make sure they're clean and how to test them when they're clicked versus when the email was delivered. And, and that cat and mouse never ends. You know, being able to open encrypted files if they come encrypted so that, you know, you make sure they're safe, even though, you know, they came encrypted. Those, those kind of things always on our radar. Um, we focus a lot on the end user interaction, the people in the organization, right? So what happens when someone, end user gets attacked? What does he get presented with? How does he report an attack that maybe we missed? And then how we reflect all that to the end, to the admin. So we call that that post-delivery um, mm-hmm. experience. We focus a lot on this notion of every line of communication. So, you know, we had the Teams six months ago, Microsoft Teams. We have Slack. 
we just want to make sure you get the full rep wherever your users are, you know, we're there. Um, so that, that's, I don't want to say never ending, but there's always new, new methods coming out, Discord, whatever, new methods of communication, we, we want to be there. Um, and then maybe the last piece is that uh, notion of, of ease of use. So for example, with, with Microsoft, if you want to use their advanced security layer, you go into Office 365, you check a box and you're done. We want it to be the same way, but now you have multiple layers. So for example, we want to show in our admin everything that was blocked by all layers. What we blocked, what Microsoft blocked, see everything. Have the same workflow for everything if you need to release something from quarantine. Give that unified quarantine experience. Show a unified daily digest to the end user that says this is everything that was blocked, not this layer and this layer and this layer. Everything and figure out you know, what might be a false positive that you want to bring into your inbox. So it's basically, I would say, a very tight integration with the platform, with Microsoft 365 and Google, so that it feels like, you know, it's from the inside. You don't have two system, you know, one one source of truth, basically. I, I love your, your focus on simplicity for one click, start using, and the um, focus on, and this multi-layered, but observability, where you can see where both the, the big tech companies, where they played a role and where the second layer supports and uh, being able to, to keep an eye on keeping ourselves safe. That's very important. Thank you so much. And for those that want to hear more about the journey, because this obviously this didn't start yesterday and you've been in this space for a long time, stick around for part two, where we'll be digging into the Founders Journey series. Um, thank you again, Gilford, for being on. For those that want to learn more, go to avanon.com and that's A-V-A-N-A-N.com. It looks like people can get a quote right there starting at currently $4 user. So it's, it's definitely affordable for the small business side all the way up to enterprise. Awesome. Sounds good. Appreciate the time. And uh, we'll talk soon about why we started and what actually the word Avanon means. Oh, I'm excited for that. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Uptech Report. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.